1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
0: hey you guys we got to tell you about brez coffee company made by gamers for gamers right here on the gulf coast in pensacola florida no matter what your taste in coffee are they got you covered
1: you like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the Icast cast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball
0: whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast, like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the Koo Slayer Mocha Roast.
1: Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs? All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brezcoffeeco.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code N-C-R at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. And we are back for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. It's been a few weeks since you've been here. We had Wally here last week. We we talked about
0: Fortnite because we all know Fortnite is a retro game. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy, I, I enjoyed the episode. Yeah. I went back and listened to it. You know, I actually watched the video version on YouTube, and it was it was fun to listen to. Like, it's always interesting hearing the show when I'm not on it.
1: Yeah,
0: just to hear what you guys talk about. So, no, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun show.
1: Yeah, things get crazy when Wally's here. So, and I, I enjoy it.
0: <laughs> it's it's never boring. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure.
1: So, how's yeah, your, uh, how's your last couple of weeks been? I know you've been working like crazy.
0: Working like crazy. Um, got a nice three-day weekend coming up, though, which is nice. Um, what's crazy is, so we were talking before we started. Um, I, I end up having to work on July 4th because we have a game. July 4th will be the halfway point of the of the baseball season. Okay. Which is crazy because hmm. it's, as long as you know, the hours have been, it's actually gone by pretty quickly. I mean, we're already almost to July yeah. at this point. It's. I feel like I say that every time I'm on the show now during the summer, but it, it really has been going by pretty quickly. I can't
1: believe we're halfway over with this year. Like it still feels like it should be like March.
0: Yeah, but all in all, you know, it, it hasn't it hasn't been too bad. I mean, it's been a lot of work, but got uh, got some good gaming in over the last few uh, last few days, including uh, the game that I'm going to be reviewing later tonight. Uh, but not too bad. Still been doing the doing the podcast thing with this mm-hmm. show when I can, with my show when I can. It was actually on Open Micers mm-hmm. right before we went live here, which was a lot of fun to do. That was a so. fun episode. Yeah, no, it was it was a good chat. But uh, it's yeah, kind of, kind how of funny
1: because you were one of our first guests we wanted to get on the show, and it wasn't until a year later that we finally got you on the
0: show. Uh, it's all good, you know. It's uh, things. Things usually work out in the yeah. end anyway, so... No, it was it was a fun... It was a really fun chat. It was fun getting to chat about... It, it's weird because, you know, I host... I've been hosting podcasts for so long that mm-hmm. it's weird being a guest on another show because it's yeah. like, I don't know what to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. like I've been a guest on uh, an upcoming podcast. I uh, did a couple of them over the last week um, with uh, Anthony Patalo of the Pop Nutshell po- podcast. He's got a new show that's coming out, uh, and it's going to be um, all for, like, the shows are. he's going to drop them all at once. It's going to be for uh, Extra Life, and uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's basically it takes two people and pits them against one another for, you know, like, uh, say, like, one of them was uh, the best Marvel villain, so I went up against uh, L.B. Wilson, um, who is the owner of The Wayward Kraken bar here. The, the nerd bar we used to have was probably having a new one soon. Um But I went up against him like he took Dr. Doom. Of course, I took Thanos and we had to battle it out. Did one the other night with Jacob where we did uh, the best movie featuring Loki and I took the Avengers and he took Thor Ragnarok. So it's going to be a, so it's gonna be a fun show when it comes out. But yeah, it's really weird to do a podcast. And then afterwards, I'm like, I don't have to edit. I don't have to upload. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm done.
0: That would be the life yeah. just to appear on podcasts. <laughs> you just show up, you talk for however long you mm-hmm. need to, and then when the call's over, you're done with it. Yeah.
1: Um, the only gaming I've really done, I picked up Immortals Phoenix Rising on sale last week on the Switch and uh, picked it up for 30 bucks, and it's, I like it so far. I'm about five hours into it. At this point, um, I was kind of getting a little aggravated with it after a while because I was like three hours into it, and I still felt like I was playing a tutorial. Like, it's very hand-holdy the first couple of hours, and then now I'm to the point where I've opened up kind of the first area. It's it's very Breath of the Wild-ish, where you have to go to a high vantage point in certain areas to you know, open up the island or whatever and see all your objectives you got to do for that island. So I kind of feel like I'm to the point now where I am I have a little bit of freedom, uh, open world, if you will. So um, I'm enjoying it a lot. So uh, I, I think once I'm done, I will do a review of it because, but I'm going to take my time with it. It's not going to be one of those things where I'm going to put like 60 hours into it over the next, you know, two weeks. It's going to be like, I'm going to put in a couple hours here, a couple hours there. But once I'm finally done, I think I'll uh, do a review of it here on the show. But it'll be a while.
0: Nice. Now, and there's a couple of games like that, too, that you know, I want to play, but I want to have extended time and really go mm-hmm. through the whole thing and completely beat it before I do any type of review. Like, there's still a couple of like Super Nintendo RPGs that I want to review, but those those will probably have to wait until... After baseball's over, so that I'll have yeah. more time.
1: That's why I don't do a lot of whole a r- lot of RPGs because it just takes so much time that I don't have these days.
0: Yeah, I miss those days. Yeah, like I you really just... wanted
1: to surprise our listeners and review Final Fantasy for the NES, but I just don't have the time <laughs> to dig into it. I just <laughs> don't have it.
0: If you ever do, you should tell no one. Yeah, like including me. Yeah. <laughs> you should just like le- like put put a completely different game in the in the Google Doc and you're like, "Okay, and this week I'll be reviewing Yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy." And I'm like, "What?"
1: <laughs> I might still do that one day, but like but right now things are just way too Like things are opening back up. I'm doing, you know, I've got some shows lined up. You know, I'm doing podcasts. Like this whole week has been nothing but podcasts. (laughs) Like having a a, a week. Awesome, though. Yeah, it's great, but man, it's tiring. (laughs) And then, of course, we got to do our extra episode this week, which we'll be doing that uh, Friday evening. Uh, We're going to do a couple episodes of uh, maybe DuckTales and a real Ghostbusters, maybe. Uh, We were going to do Ghostbusters the movie, but I think we're going to push that the next month because we're just so busy. Like, it's hard to get all three of us together at a decent time to actually record the commentary.
0: Yeah, it'll be worth the wait, though. I mean, Ghostbusters will be one that I see there being lulls in that where we're not saying much of anything just because I I have. It's been a couple of years since I've watched the original Ghostbusters, so. I'm I'm looking forward to that oh, yeah. quite a bit.
1: Me too. Uh, Wally's yeah. like like probably knows every piece of trivia you could possibly know about that movie. So I I don't think there'll be many lulls in the movie.
0: True, true. I I feel like he'll be the one driving the conversation. Oh yeah, <laughs> through most of that. But that's, that's not a bad thing. It's funny you mentioned that because I think starting in July, I'm gonna start doing uh, commentaries on my show too for oh, awesome. for Patreon subscribers. That's good. I, I'm going to do, for next for next week's episode, I'm going to do uh, a bit of a trial run, and I'm going to do a commentary track for The Parker Syndrome. And oh, that's yeah. going to be next week's episode because, you know, I've just been so busy, and, like, I want to take the weekend to kind of chill because work's been so crazy Yeah, that I haven't really had a chance to really sit down and, like, not do much of anything. So yeah. I've got Friday off, so I'm probably just going to record it Friday morning upload it to patreon and then that'll be uh next week's show
1: that's cool i like that yeah but uh it's time to go into the news what do you think
0: let's do it
1: email from i am the rampage uh from the verge.com rampage rampage uh, Microsoft is bringing next-gen Xbox games to the Xbox One with xCloud. Let's see. Microsoft will let Xbox One owners play next-gen Xbox games through its xCloud service. The news was buried in a blog post recapping Microsoft's Xbox and Bethesda showcase, with the company confirming plans to leverage Xbox Cloud gaming for Xbox One consoles. That means the 2013 hardware will be able to play Xbox Series X exclusive games from 2021, extending the life cycle of what would normally soon be obsolete boxes. Uh, For the millions of people who play on Xbox One consoles today, we are looking forward to sharing more about how we will bring many of these next-gen games, such as Microsoft Flight Simulator, to your console through Xbox Cloud Gaming, just like we do with mobile devices, tablets, and browsers, said Will Tuttle. Editor in chief of Xbox's uh, Microsoft Xbox Wire. So, what do you think about this? This, uh, this seems like maybe a, a way not only to extend the life of older uh, gener- gen consoles, but you know, it, it's going to be hard because of the micro- chip shortage. I think this was maybe one of those things that were like, how are we going to get people to play the newer games because they can't get. The new X, new Xbox Series X or S, because we just can't, we, we can't get them
0: made. So I have two thoughts on this. First is a lighthearted one. I'd love to go through this article and see how many times the letter X was used. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm looking at a lot, like Xbox, X Cloud, yeah. <laughs> X Cloud, Xbox Cloud, Xbox. Yeah. Uh, but on a on a serious note. Um, the thing that actually stands out to me was the, the next line from the article. Until now, Microsoft had only described xCloud on consoles as a way for players to try mm-hmm. games before you download, which I think is brilliant mm-hmm. to do that, because there there are so many games that you know, I'll be going through the Switch and I think, you know, that, that looks kind of fun. I don't know if I want to spend the money on it. Like, to me, every game should have some type of, like, a, a trial, even mm-hmm. if it's 10 minutes.
1: I'm um, 100% like you, agreed. You
0: download it. I I think that would actually boost sales mm-hmm. because you don't really know how a game is going to be until you actually sit down and play it. Yeah. We can watch gameplay all we want, we can watch trailers all we want. But you don't know if you're really going to like it until you actually sit down and play it. Yeah. So I I think I think that would be a, a great a great option, and I, I agree with you too. I, I think you know if there's any way to extend the life of a console, and I, I wonder if that's going to end up happening in some way with with the switch because the switch pro's been talked about now for what seems like forever. Mm-hmm. but I, I'm all for it because you, you have people who will wait years to buy a new
1: console. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I, this is you know the new consoles have been out for a year now. And usually this is about the time when I get one. Is like a year, year and a half in. Um, but there's you can't get them anywhere. They're just not available anywhere.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. And I'll, I'll be honest. After, after E3, I, I wasn't really sold on getting a new PlayStation or a new Xbox. But that's just me. And I wasn't here for the E three discussion, but there wasn't too much that really struck me.
1: I really am impressed with Game Pass. So I think I'm going to go Yeah. I'm gonna get an Xbox this generation. I've I've decided I've been flip floppy back and forth because I am I do love PlayStation. Um I did have an Xbox three sixty. I love the Xbox three sixty. I did never got an Xbox one, but I think it's time to jump back into the Xbox ecosystem. Because Game Pass is just worth it.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Our next story comes to us from Armes Jackson. Uh, Castlevania Advance Collection, possibly revealed by... If I can get rid of this notification. <laughs> possibly revealed by rating in Australia. 2021 may just be the year of the Metroidvania, and not for reasons you think. The Nintendo E3 Direct revealed the existence of the first 2D Metroid game in almost 20 years, Metroid Dread, which I know both you and I are really Mm -hmm. excited about. And now we may have ourselves a re-release of the Game Boy Advance Castlevanias. On uh, the 18th of June, Konami registered the title Castlevania Advance Collection with the Australian Classification Board, which of course means that it also appeared to the public, thanks Australian (laughs) government, (laughs) The author is given as M2, a Japanese studio whose work includes the 3D Classics on Nintendo 3DS, the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, and the Contra Anniversary Collection on Switch. It's relatively safe to assume that the Castlevania Advance Collection will include the three GBA games that were left out of the Anniversary Collection, which are Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, and Aria of Sorrow. It might include some other titles too, but the advance in the title is certainly leaning more towards the Game Boy era. I'll be honest; I completely forgot that there were Castlevania games yeah. for the Game Boy Advance. And I know you posted this on Twitter, and I 100% agree. It's time for Nintendo to open the vault on their online store to include N64, GameCube, and Game Boy Advance, and the original Game Boy 2. Yeah, I, I think it, it's it's just it's time for that to happen because there's so many titles that they can release like right off the bat. If you did that, the subscriptions would go up so much. Oh, yeah. because They, you they at, probably won't do
1: it. You look at Game Pass, and, and Microsoft is like, oh, you like original Xbox like way back in the day? You like those games? Guess what? You can have them for free. Oh, you like 360 games? Guess what? You can have all those, too. You like Xbox One? Even new games, guess what? They're all on Game Pass, and you pay one price, and you pay them at your leisure. It's just, it's the future. Nintendo and Sony both have to wake up. I'm sorry. This is the way it's going to go for the future.
0: And eventually, I think Nintendo will. When it will happen, who really <laughs> knows? I think, especially if, if Breath of the Wild 2 does not come out until 2022, like they revealed at E3, they've got to do something for the holidays. And, Mm -hmm. like, this could be it. They could announce maybe in, like, October that, hey, in, like, November 15th or whatever date they want to choose, you can have all these titles encompassing various platforms. And then throw out some more heavy hitters. Like, you could finally release Earthbound Mm -hmm. for the SNES portion. You can release more NES games. It's just, to me, too logical for it not to happen. Yeah. I mean, just uh,
1: get on board, Nintendo. Stop being... (laughs) It's not 1985 anymore. It's 2021. Let's move into the future. And, of course, Wally's going to have something to say about it, because we're always bitching about Nintendo, yet we always (laughs) give him money, and he's right. But what can you do? Uh, For the next story, this is on... On this
0: episode of Nintendo Cave Retro.
1: (laughs) Nintendolife.com. Sonic Prime concept art gives a sneaky look at upcoming Netflix show. Sonic's big anniversary may be this year, but Sega is planning to continue its push in 2022 with a new game and a fresh animated series on Netflix. The show will be called Sonic Prime and is promised as a high-octane adventure where the fate of a strange new multiverse rests in Sonic's gloved hand. Those eager for a look at what the series will bring appear to have been given a bit of a sneak peek through some concept art. It was shared and since removed after it got spotted by fans online by visual development environmental artist Patrick Horan who gave the following information and artwork before taking the page down. These are concept pieces I painted for the Netflix Sonic series Sonic Prime. I was responsible for cleaning up the layouts and color, character posing, and design provided. Um, and it shows a bunch of pictures here. Uh, as concept art. Uh, And of course, you know, concept images perhaps give a sneak peek, but don't definitely uh, definitively provide final details around the show. Until it airs, we won't know how many of these concepts made the final cut. But if any of these make it, this is going to be a really cool-looking show because I like
0: how stylized it is. Who's Sonic? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just kidding. No, what, what I like about, especially the first couple of pictures, is how dark it looks. And it reminds me of the show that aired on ABC in the early 90s. Because, you know, I've told the story before. There were two Sonic cartoons that uh-huh. aired around that same time. You had one that was geared more towards really young kids, and then you had one that was a little bit darker. This, it's what that it reminds me of. And the multiverse is you know, possibilities are are pretty cool and that that seems to be the new thing in entertainment now with Marvel going into the multiverse, DC's now going into the multiverse. So why not go through it with Sonic? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, if we see if we see Sonic, you know, interact with previous versions of himself, like it'd be cool if he actually went to that Universe from the early '90s cartoon. Yeah, like that would actually be a really like I would geek out so hard (laughs) over that. But I I love the look of uh, of all the concept art. Like it looks like a show that I would really, really want to see.
1: Yeah, it's got. I'm excited for it. It's got that 3D look, but it's also they look like painted 2D characters, but in 3D. It's kind of hard to explain unless you're looking at it. But I really, really like the look of it. I like Sonic's shoes. His shoes look really cool.
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what to think of them at first, but they've they've grown on me. Yeah, I, I really don't mind them. But I'm excited for it. I think it'll be it'll be a fun show. It, it's it's kind of crazy how all this stuff is happening with all these different properties but not on yeah. their the year of their anniversary. Yeah. Like, this is the 30-year anniversary of Sonic, but we're getting the new animated show and the new movie next yeah. year and the new game <laughs> next year.
1: Well, I think COVID kind of really screwed everything up, though.
0: Yeah, I, I think so, too.
1: Kind of pushed everything back a year.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I think we're, we're lagging a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
1: I, I switched us over to, uh, to a U.S. South, so hopefully that lag will stop.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, let's see. Our next story also comes to us from nintendolife.com. Sword and Shield leakers required to pay the Pokemon company $150,000 each. In 2019, the Pokemon Company International filed a lawsuit against two individuals who leaked images of Pokemon Sword and Shield from an unreleased strategy guide prior to the new game's official release. It seems justice has finally been served. <laughs> With both defendants ordered to pay the Pokemon Company $150,000 each for damages and attorney's fees. It turns out the defendants worked for a company that had been hired to print the strategy guide. They took the pictures on the job and then distributed them online via discord if you play you must pay yeah (laughs) is the phrase that comes to mind and let's be and i know that you know the pokemon company has like it's its own thing but you should know by now that any company that works with nintendo or is associated with nintendo they ain't gonna be shy about (laughs) slapping the lawsuit on you
1: well, it's like the guy We've that... seen that, it so
0: many times.
1: ...that Nintendo uh, won the lawsuit like a week or so ago against um, one of the ROM uh, sites that was taken down not too long yeah. ago. Guys got to pay something like $9 million to Nintendo, and it's like, they'll never see that money. They'll never see it.
0: No. <laughs> it's It's not... It's not worth it. It's not like I, I would never. As tempting as it might be, like I, I would never release those to the public. No. Like it'd be different if you if you like take pictures and you're just hanging out with a couple of friends. You're like, oh look at this, you know, this is exclusive stuff from the next Pokemon game. But in no way would I post it online. No. And it's just stupid. You got
1: to be a special kind of stupid to uh, post pictures of stuff like that. Especially, like you said, any company that associated with Nintendo. Because Nintendo is like Disney. They are, like, super protective of everything. So, Nintendo, uh, that's nothing to play with, man. <laughs> I, like, I've, I I kind of feel sorry for those guys. But then again, I'm just kind of like, eh, like you said, you, you you play, you pay. So That's they did rough, it though. Gross. That's rough.
0: They, they should release... They should release a picture of uh, Mickey and Mario as lawyers. Yeah. (laughs) I think that would be funny as hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, For our final
1: story tonight, this is from creativeblog.com, or block, creativeblock.com. Nintendo finally responds to those Switch Pro rumors. Bowser has his say. Um, We've been hearing rumors about the Switch's supposed successor for what feels like a century. But you don't need to tell, need us to tell you that the console didn't appear at this month's E3 conference, as many were expecting. Nintendo has been characteristically tight-lipped about the Switch Pro. Uh, company's president, Doug Bowser, was recently asked about the Switch Pro No-Show and gave, gave some insights into Nintendo's plans. Um, quote, we are always looking at technology and how technology can enhance gameplay experiences. It's not technology for technology's sake. Uh, He told Washington Post. And then, where do you apply that technology? Do you uh, want to apply it on current existing hardware or platforms, or do you want to wait for the next platform? And then, what's the right gameplay experience with that? There's a host of factors that goes into it, and it's something we're always looking at. Um, So that's a rather evasive answer, but it does suggest that Nintendo isn't planning to rush into releasing new tech for the sake of it. But then again, the company is always looking at new tech. So a souped-up Switch could well be on the horizon. The question is when, with the PS5 and Xbox Series X raising the gaming states, we say now is a good time um, to release one. I don't necessarily think so, because Nintendo doesn't necessarily care what Microsoft and Sony are doing. Nintendo's always doing their own thing. And I do think an upgraded Switch will come out soon, but I honestly don't think they're going to do anything until the next next console for Nintendo comes out. That's the next big thing we're going to see.
0: Well, the thing we've known with Nintendo for years is that they work on their own time. Yeah, They do things their way and when they want to do it. And one thing that I will give Nintendo, and as much as we complain about how they might delay something or they might not release something when Sony and Microsoft are doing it, they always take their time and make sure that everything's right when it is released. Yeah. And I think whatever the next console might be whether it's the Switch Pro, I personally don't hate the idea of calling it the Super Nintendo Switch. Yeah.
1: I like it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I think it will be it will be some time before we see that. I think their next console will be similar to the Switch. Yeah. But with with like 4K yeah. capabilities, like could, could you imagine playing Breath of the Wild in 4K?
1: Oh, that'd be so. Oh cool.
0: my god,
1: that would look great. But if you're gonna do that, though, It'll... you're gonna need a bigger screen, though.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. But it will it will happen eventually. But I'm honestly I'm enjoying the Switch still. For you know what it is, I still enjoy playing you know the games I download for it, games I buy for it. I, I've got no real complaints about it, and I'm in yeah. honestly no rush for them to release a new console now.
1: Yeah, like I said, I mean I've been playing Immortals: Phoenix Rising, and I've been playing it in handheld mode. That game's gorgeous. I mean it, it's kind of got the same sort of art style, you know that stylized art style as uh, Breath of the Wild. So it handles that stuff great and it looks great and you know people think you know just because the screen's in 720 well like it's that that's not very high but when you're playing on a form factor you know that big with a you know on a six inch or seven inch screen however big that screen is you can't there's no difference in 720 or 1080 you know there's no difference whatsoever so I think if you're gonna do something that is going to go up to 4K. Like I said, you're going to need a bit of a bigger screen to be able to tell any kind of difference between like 1080 and 4K.
0: I think so, too. And I I think that will happen once the next version of the Switch is released.
1: Eventually. But I'm not in any hurry. Yes. Now it is time for This Month in Video Game History. In June of 1985, Atari Corporation releases the 520ST, first personal computer with a bitmapped color GUI.
0: Really, Look at that piece of technology! That is a beautiful piece of eighties technology. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have a, a monitor like that, yeah. just because, like it. It just makes me feel so nostalgic because mm-hmm. you know, like I know this came out technically before I was born, but I remember playing computer games in elementary school on a computer that looked very similar to this. Mm-hmm. So, like I-, I can remember playing like Number Munchers or Word yeah. Rescue or whatever you know other games we had at the time. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's cool going back and looking at these old pieces of technology and. Man, how far we've come.
1: Yes, but I'd still love to have it, though. That is a bit of nostalgia right there. Oh, for
0: sure. It'd be a pretty good conversation starter, too, if you had, like, a a party at your house. Mm -hmm. For sure. In June of 1987, Codemasters releases Dizzy, the ultimate cartoon adventure. I remember this cover art from when we talked about this probably last year. Oh, yeah. It looks like an 80s cartoon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it looks like, I don't know, like it's, the artwork is very odd. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you.
0: Yeah, I should have thought to look it up whenever I, like, whenever I created this list. It, it looks interesting, yeah, there's to no, say the least. There's no
1: screenshots or anything. Um, no. In June of 1988, Nintendo releases the last issue, uh, number seven of the Nintendo Fun Club News, which eventually turned into Nintendo Power.
0: the following month actually yeah. was when they released the first issue of Nintendo Power i never i never read Nintendo Fun Club news i didn't get into Nintendo Power until uh probably 91 or 92 if i had to guess it was definitely after the super nintendo came out yeah is when i found a copy of nintendo power in a grocery store and you know, convinced my mom to get me a subscription to it. That was always a fun day, when you knew that that was the day you'd get mm. Nintendo Power in the mail.
1: So you you didn't join the fun club. So, so you uh, didn't you didn't listen to uh to to Doc on uh Punch Out and you know in between rounds when he's like, join the Nintendo Fun Club, Mac. And it's like, thanks, Doc. I have
0: two black eyes. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> I just punched you into next week, but join the fun club. Yeah. (laughs) On June 23rd, 1991, 30 years ago to the day, Sega releases Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis, which later becomes the pack-in game and defining title for the console. It introduces the eponymous character who would go on to be Sega's mascot. Sega also releases a version of the game for the Master System and Game Gear. Today is quite the. Well, this week is actually quite the week for anniversaries because today's the 30 year anniversary of Sonic. Yesterday was 20 years ago that the first Fast and Furious movie mm-hmm. was released. Batman and today was, was today. also. Yep. And it was also 25 years ago that uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin gave yeah. the Austin 316 speech. Yeah.
1: A lot so of stuff happened. June's this month.
0: a big month when it comes to anniversaries. Oh yeah, yeah, and of course, you know, I had to, I had to throw this in here because, because I'm a I'm a diehard fan, but it's, it's crazy to think that you know, 30 years ago is when that first game was released.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna try changing our place again. Uh, going to U.S. Central, see if that lag gets taken care of. I don't know what's going on with Discord lately, but it's been a little laggy lately.
0: Yeah, your your video looks a lot better. I mean, even when you switched it over, there was like a... Okay, good. Like a three-second delay, but right now it's looking good. Okay, good.
1: All right, let's see. Uh, June 23rd of 1996, uh, Mario, Super Mario 64 is released for the N64 in Japan, one of two Nintendo 64 U.S. launch games, an archetype for nearly every 3D platformer which followed it. From the day of release, it was widely hailed as one of the greatest games of all time. I think it's still considered one of the greatest games of all time because that is probably one of the most, if not the most important game in the 3D space moving forward.
0: Oh, 100%. It set the standard for a 3D platformer. And I still remember, like it was yesterday, getting the N64 and playing that game and just being immersed in it for hours you mm-hmm. know because we've talked about how we love the 2D Mario games and where Mario succeeded where Sonic didn't is that Mario flawlessly made the move into to 3D yeah. and it's to me it's the blueprint for the 3D platformer
1: absolutely
0: and it Again, this came out in Japan 25 years ago today. We're getting old, man. It's wild. (laughs) Yeah, I was was talking about this at work earlier. I was like, you might as well just go ahead and start digging my grave at this point. (laughs) But to close us out for this month in video game history, on June 19th of 2001, Sonic Adventure 2 is released for the Sega Dreamcast. This was released as a tie-in for Sonic's 10th anniversary, and it was released uh, in the States on the 19th, and then on the 23rd, it was released in Japan and Europe on the actual 10-year anniversary. Yeah. And I-, I think the Sonic Adventure games are uh, a little bit underrated in the sense of, you know, they're, they're, they have their flaws, but I love the storylines. For both these games. And I, I kind of keep going back to these. If I'm going to play a 3D Sonic game, it's going to be either Sonic Adventure 1 or 2. And introduce the Shadow character, which I know a lot of people like. Um, added actually some backstory into Robotnik's family, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but it, it's it's overall a fun game. And I, I threw this in here just because it was to commemorate the the 10-year anniversary. I remember... I can't remember if this was like a package deal or if it was something you had to get separately but you got this um like a collector's item for Sonic's 10th anniversary and it came with a little booklet it came with a gold coin and a CD which had a few songs from all the previous Sonic games yeah I've still got it somewhere I think it's in my parents' house hmm. but um yeah big uh big month for Sonic
1: oh yeah I'm just uh I was really thinking they were going to do way more Sonic stuff this year but like I said I think uh COVID pretty much pushed a lot of stuff back so it's going to be a weird year for uh trying to get out Sonic stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, 2022 I think will be it'll be a really packed year because you'll have a new Sonic game, you'll have Breath of the Wild 2, maybe Metroid Prime 4. Who knows? I hope so. (laughs) Uh,
1: Before we go into the review for tonight, Derek has some shout-outs.
0: Yes, as always, we'd like to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. We want to shout-out Armez Jackson, Axblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Brandon Rutledge, Donner Party of Five, Gus and Penny, Jason May, Matthew Salmon, Justin Olson, and new Patreons, Robin Hood and Hand Solo. Awesome additions to the Patreon community. And of course, uh, thank you so much for keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, you can head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro for access to our commentary tracks that we do every month. Uh, This month, we're going to be doing an episode of DuckTales and probably the real Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. And then in July, we'll do the original Ghostbusters movie. So if you want to be a part of that and just be a part of our awesome community, just head over to patreon.com slash Retro. Fantastic. And tonight, Derek's going to be talking about... jaunty music right there. I love the music from this game. There, there's a lot to like about the game that I'm talking about tonight, and that would be Cuphead, which is a 2017 run-and-gun video game developed and published by Studio MDHR. And I remember this game originally came out, I believe it was for the Xbox. Mm-hmm. And I was just waiting for it to come on the Switch, and I remember watching gameplay of it, And I was mesmerized by the look of the game. Yeah. And I think you have to start there because you know, we're we're of the generation that we can remember like the old hand-drawn cartoons. And I know this is based off the cartoons of like the thirties and forties. Think of like old school loom tunes or the steamboat Willie era of Disney. Yeah. This game flawlessly recreates that type of look, everything from the music, the way the characters are drawn, the game always has like an old film grain Uh about the game. All the battles take place on what's almost like a stage, which is really cool. Like I love the universe in this game. I'm sure we'll touch on it, but I'll go ahead and bring it up. There's going to be a cuphead series on Netflix, which I can't wait for because they better not change
1: the art style for it. It better be I, in that 1930s style.
0: Yeah, I think if they change it, there would just be so much backlash. Okay. I, I really I really don't think that they'll mess with that. If anything, that'll add to its charm because you have so many animated shows now that have the, the computer graphics, you know, CG look. You don't see that, that style of animation anymore. Yeah. So that's, that's going to make it stand out, but... I was drawn into this game immediately, before even before it came out on the Switch, and I remember watching gameplay of it on YouTube and and just fingers crossed that it would eventually make its way to the Switch, and it did. And when it did, I bought it, you know, day one, and dove into it. Uh-huh. And I didn't play it for too long because, <laughs> man, this game is hard. It's
1: so. <laughs> freaking hard. <laughs>
0: oh my god. So the the, the story uh, let me dive into the story first. So the story is centered around Cuphead and his brother Mugman who break the elder kettle's rule and they go to this casino and they start gambling as you do in casinos. Uh-huh. The thing is the casino they're in is owned by the devil. And they make a bet with him. So they're they're playing uh they're playing craps and Cuphead rolls snake eyes, so the devil owns their soul. So the two basically beg him to to spare their souls. So they're like, Okay, well, if you can collect these contracts from all these these characters that have been running from me, then I'll consider it. So your objective is to fight all these bosses and you defeat them, and when you do, you basically get the contract to their soul, Mm -hmm. which you eventually have to return to the devil. There's two difficulties on this game. There's simple, and there's regular. And maybe you can take my gamer card away, or whatever the case may be. It got to the point where, for the sake of reviewing this game, I had to switch to simple. Don't feel bad. I did too. I, I, I couldn't do it. And I love the boss battles in this game. Like I think they're all clever. Mm-hmm. I love that they go in different phases, mm-hmm. and it provides like a unique challenge. Like in some, you might be in an airplane, and you're fighting you're know, this this giant um, like this giant genie that will then turn into a sarcophagus, and then you have to go through obstacles in order to get to the sarcophagus version, and then once you beat it, it'll transform into something else. There's so many cool, and the, the, my favorite one, or at least I think the funniest one, is you're fighting these two frogs who are wearing boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. It just like it makes me like openly laugh out loud when I see these characters. I'm like, I could see this in a '40s cartoon, yeah, from you know back in the day, and that's where I think the the show will be charming in a way because I really hope that they can. Give each of these individual bosses their own personality. And I know they did announce that Wayne Brady is going to be the voice of, um, I think it's either Mr. Dice or King Dice, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. And uh, I thought that was a perfect, perfect choice. I don't know who's going to play Cuphead and Mugman, but all in all, like, uh, there's a lot to like about this game. And I, I haven't completed it, but I really want to. I don't know if I'll be able to complete it on regular.
1: <laughs> I still because... haven't completed it and I I had to go back to simple as well. Like this game is <sighs> Mega Man has nothing on on this game. Like this game is so beyond brutal. Like if you are a fan of uh games like uh Super Meat Boy, things of that nature where it's a lot of memorization, playing this game, especially with the boss battles, because they have definitive patterns that they do. But it's also, those even when you know the patterns, you still have to have like lightning-fast reflexes to dodge some of the stuff that they're throwing at you. So it's like you have to be a 100% paying attention to everything at all times to get through this game.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't have said it any better myself. But it's still, despite the difficulty, and for a while, as I mentioned at the beginning of this review, I put the game away for a while just because, quite frankly, it pissed me off because I couldn't <laughs> beat it. Like Even like the simplest bosses, I just kept dying over and over. And the funny thing is, so th- the game is set, you go to four different sections mm-hmm. of the island. When you get to the second one, you can go to this. I don't think the character has a name, or at least if, if he does, I don't know it. You can talk to him, and he'll let you know how many times you've perished. Yeah. W- would you like to guess how many times I've perished in my time of playing Cuphead? Hundreds. <laughs> Close to it. It was at 91. Wow. And then, and then you could add about four or five to it. Well, you were after. talking
1: about the, uh, the, the frogs, the boxing frogs that they're, like, one of the earliest bosses that you even play in the game. And they're, like, what, second, third, fourth boss, somewhere around there. That, that was the boss that made me rage quit for, like, three <laughs> months. Like, I got so frustrated on that boss fight. I was, like, I'm done with this stupid game. And I quit playing for, like, a good couple of months because of that boss fight.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the the one that made me quit for a while. Was the one where you're fighting the you're in an airplane and you're fighting the girl who transforms into different shapes like yes. the floating ball, and then at the end she transforms into the half moon, mm-hmm. and then she launches UFOs at you like <laughs> relentlessly. That was the one that said, you know what? Screw you, Cuphead. <laughs> I'm done with you.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just there are people. You can go to YouTube right now. There are people that speedrun this game. And how? How? Like, how do you have, like, I don't, I don't understand. I just don't understand.
0: Uh, more power to you if you're, okay. if you're able to do that. But um, all in all, as I mentioned, there are, is a lot to like about the game. Uh, despite its insane difficulty, the look as i've mentioned mesmerizes me every time i play it like it's one of the not just because of its art style but it's just purely one of the best looking mm-hmm. games i think i've ever played
1: yeah you Everything can definitely tell a lot of love and artistry and care went into the game because even and and not just the main characters you know the the way they move the the animation of the way they move uh, you know, the, the characters on the screen, but just the backgrounds themselves. Like, you mm-hmm. know, during that boss fight, like we were talking about with the two frogs, and, you you know, you're in a bar fighting, and you look, and there's so much going on in the background with the animation of the characters and everything. It's like there's so much going on in that game. Like, the amount of just pure care and love that went into this game like you can tell they you know they down to the most minute
0: detail you know is gorgeous gorgeously drawn I also love when you're fighting the genie when you're in the sky you're flying your your airplane mm-hmm. you're above a pyramid and the way the background moves gives you the illusion that you're flying in a circle
1: yes so just
0: I... little little details like that and of of course I got to talk about the music because it it fits the era of mm-hmm. which cuphead looks perfectly everything from the the piano like all the instruments that were around at that time are used in the score like it's the score is so authentic yeah that it's almost like its own character to me in a way because you, there's nothing like guitars, like heavy metal guitars, or anything like that. Like they only used instruments that were from that era. Yeah, and that just it adds to that level of care you were talking about, the level of detail that went into creating this game. Like the the creators had to have a love of this era of animation and this era in general when they were making this game.
1: Yeah, because you go back and you look at the the animation from this era and. It, that stuff's crazy. Like, I don't, like, this stuff was made for kids? Like, I don't, I don't think so, because there are a lot of cartoons from that era that are just insane. Like, you know, like... Bugs Bunny
0: fighting Nazis.
1: Yeah, and not just that, but some of the off-brand cartoons of the time. You know, like the some of the Merry Melody stuff and some of the more obscure um, Disney stuff. At the time was just like, these people must have been on mushrooms when they were making this stuff because it's insane. And all of that is represented in Cuphead, like just that weird era of animation. Like there's no other era of animation that looks like that. Like you see something from that era, you know, it's from that era. Absolutely.
0: But uh, as I start to wrap up the the review of it, uh, it was received really well. Uh, Ben Kuchera of Polygon wrote that Cuphead was one of the five most interesting reveals at Microsoft's E3 2014 press conference, even though he knew little about the game apart from its aesthetic. He said it stood out immediately and that everyone in the website's press room viscerally reacted to the trailer. And it won the IGN Best Xbox One Game at E3 Awards in 2015, uh won the award for best indie game at gamescom 2015 and it was highly reviewed by by everyone. Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it a nine and a half out of ten. Game Informer an eight. Uh IGN eight point eight polygon eight point five videogamer.com eight out of ten. And I I would say that's probably about right. And as as frustratingly difficult as this game is I gotta give it to everything else with it. From like, I love the gameplay of it. You know, I, I love the constant going to different bosses because they're all so creative in the way that you fight. Like, there there are some boss fights that are similar, but there are some that you fight in the air, some that you just fight on the ground, but they're all a little different in their own way. And I, I think as many bosses as there were to make the game almost have like a a different feel every time you were fighting a boss. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is it it doesn't feel repetitive. Yeah, exactly. Despite the constant number of fights that you're having to do. That, the graphics, the music, even the dialogue that the characters use sounds like it's straight out of the the 1930s or the 1940s. Mm -hmm. So the minute detail that went into making it. I I got to say, I would probably give it a solid 8, would yeah, be what I would give.
1: That's what I would give it too. You know, because I think Cuphead is definitely a, a shining jewel of the last 10 years of gaming because it was one of those games where, like, it started out as such a small team making this game, and when everybody saw it, You know, in Microsoft was like, we have to have this. Like, because nobody was doing that, like, at the time. And I think Cuphead's going to be one of those games, like you said, even though it is one of the most difficult games I've ever played in my life, it's definitely going to be one of those games that stands the test of time. Like, people are going to be playing Cuphead, you know, on retro gaming podcasts 30 40 years from now like it's (laughs) it's inevitable like that game is it's a game that is um out of its time but it 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 transcends like time like it's you can't it has you can't place it anywhere like it could have come out at any time and be perfect like it is
0: like the look of it is dated in the sense that it mimics a certain style from a certain decade, but it feels timeless.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. Like it's such a good, and I still haven't finished it. I think I got maybe halfway through the game and was just like, it was so brutal. I was just like, I can't, I got to stop for a while. And I haven't gone back to it yet, but I eventually will. And um, hopefully I can eventually finish the game, but I really dig it, <clears throat> and I'm, you know, I, it's I can't wait for the Netflix series. Like as soon as they announced that, I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. They better not screw with it. Don't try to modern it up. Just give us that '30s style uh, animation that it is, and make it like from
0: that era. One hundred percent, and I I think they're gonna do that. Yeah. I hope I, so. I really do. Uh, have they said a, an estimated time of when the uh, series is going to be released? Let's
1: see. Um, first teaser was released in June 2021, uh, revealing that Wayne Brady would voice King Dice, but I don't think there's an actual announcement for when it's going to drop. I have a feeling they're probably going to drop it later this year, like around Christmas.
0: I, Yeah, it says here 2021. Yeah, because I think it doesn't give a
1: date. If if they're dropping the teaser now, it's either going to be Christmas of this year or spring next year. I think they'll drop it.
0: Yeah, I think so too. But it's uh, it'll be one that I'm definitely going to watch when it drops, like day one.
1: I'm looking forward to that next Castlevania uh, series too. That's going to be awesome. I
0: still need to watch the last one.
1: I hear they're doing a Metal Gear solid. Uh and not Metal Gear Solid, but uh oh what's it called? Uh, not Rainbow Six, but uh Sphinx uh Splinter Cell. I almost says Sphincter Cell. <laughs> that would be very interesting. <laughs> Splinter Cell, yeah, they're doing a Splinter Cell series as well on Netflix. It's gonna be uh anime. So that's gonna be cool. I hope they start doing way more um video game properties. Uh, as anime on Netflix like now we just need a Metroid we need a Legend of Zelda so uh, yeah for sure but um, that's gonna do it for this week anything else you want to throw out there before
0: we leave this week Yeah, just as always, check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. This week, I chat with an actor named Jared Bankins, who actually had a role in the Venom movie that was released a couple of years ago. So he talks about that. He's also got a new movie out uh, called We All Think We're Special. Um, That, and I also list my top five post-credit scenes from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Fantastic. So that'll be out on this week's episode.
1: Uh, and also this Friday, we'll be dropping the, uh, the Open Micers episode with Mr. Derek Diamond, who yes. was our guest this week. And uh, we just dropped an episode yesterday that we did. It was supposed to be last week's episode, but um, we kind of got our wires crossed. Um, so we had to redo it on Tuesday, and that was with Jenny Zagrino, uh, the comedian Jenny Zagrino, who was on Bad Santa 2. Uh, Fifty Shades of Black. She's coming. Uh, do She's on tour and she's swinging through the southern states here over the next week or two. So go check out that episode. And of course, Friday, <clears throat> Friday morning will be the Derek Diamond episode of Open Micer. So there's a lot to listen to this week if you follow the two of us.
0: Yeah, people are going to be tired of me by Friday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week. Let's play our music here. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com and throw us some some news items that uh, I I like getting from you guys because that's less work for me to have to do. (laughs) And you can go to nerdcaveretro.com. Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. We're on Instagram and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro. And individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. And of course, uh, go get you some merch at ncrmerch.com where if you're watching on the video, you can get one of these uh, Tron shirts that I got. Get in, user. We're doing video game stuff. Um, If you can't do that, go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And of course, if you can't do that, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So, Derek, please, tell him what it's all about. May the way of the hero
0: lead to the Triforce. Yes.
1: Master Blaster
0: runs by the town. You blew it! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.